Allow me to pray for you. May the Holy Spirit of God give you wisdom today and a spirit of understanding to comprehend what is being taught. And may you receive divine focus, divine energy, divine ability to concentrate and meditate on what the Word of God is bringing to you today. May you receive sensitivity to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, may you, may you be so focused that no distraction will get a hold of your thoughts. In the name of Jesus, if you are tired, I declare strength into your body. In Jesus' name, if you are weary, that your soul would be healed. In the mighty name of Jesus, these next few minutes will be life-altering moments for you. In Jesus' name, if you are sick, you will be healed. If you are in doubt, your faith will be lifted. If you are confused, clarity will come. In Jesus' name, if you are not saved, tonight is the night of salvation. Yes, it will be a full, full 360-degree service that is what the Holy Spirit says. He is going to do a 360 degree work today in your life and in my life. To God be the glory for what he's about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes, you may be seated. Thank you. Help me appreciate Pastor Ronnie and the team, please. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I feel today I just need to do this for some reason. For some reason, I just feel like being here. For some reason. I want to say two big thank yous as we begin. Of course, other than the thank you to Pastor David, his wife Ineka, Sanjay, for orchestrating these meetings and hosting us. We appreciate you. And I want to thank our team from Sri Lanka for, for coming along with me and Pastor Pio, that tremendous blessing. And to those who are providing such hospitality to us, we just want to say thank you. Other than that, I want to thank the parents who are here with little children. Uh, yesterday, you looked after the kids very well. And uh, I just want to say thank you. And to those whose phones didn't ring, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. So um, tonight, I want to give you 30 seconds. Don't embarrass yourself. Um, I can preach through any storm, so your phone ringing won't, might not be an issue. Um, but you embarrass yourself when, it, when that happens. So I'll give you 30 seconds, out of which 10 have already passed. Just have a look and make sure it's switched off. Don't put it on any other mode uh, because phones also go crazy sometimes. So there you go. Thank you, Lord. love. 
yesterday we looked at how important it is to have deeper faith, right? How many of you were here yesterday? Great. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming again. Tonight we're going to go even further than what we went last last night. Now you and I have four days together. Today is day two. And the Holy Spirit's mission in these four days has everything to do with your faith, about building your faith. So yesterday we began looking at the aspect of faith when it comes to the importance of going deep in the things of God. Now I don't want to repeat anything I said yesterday because there's so much to impart tonight, so much to say today. Tonight I want to talk to you about the six things your faith in Christ Jesus will do for you. Six things your faith in Christ Jesus will do for you. Can you say it together? Okay, let's try it again. Only six people are saying it. Six things my faith in Christ Jesus will do for me. Okay? Six things your faith in Christ Jesus will do for you. Very important. Now, yesterday we went deep, right? But tonight, if you are focused, this is the way you are going. You'll, you'll be going upwards. Today's teaching is going to help you go this way. Yesterday, it was going deep. But this, this evening, it is about going upward. Say amen to that. In Acts chapter 26, there's a story reading from verse 9 up to verse 18. I'm going to read the entire story. Um, yeah, it's on the screen today. The fonts are a little bigger. So I'd encourage you to participate and follow through Acts chapter 26, verses 9 onwards. Can we do it together? This is, these are the words of the Apostle Paul. He was such an amazing apostle and evangelist. And Christianity was spreading at such a rate that the authorities wanted to put a stop. But it was an unstoppable message. How many of you know the Christian message is an unstoppable message? Yes. It's so unstoppable. Um, it is unstoppable because of its inherent power. And the power within this message is all to do with love. God's love for humanity. God is not a terrorist. He's a God of love. Amen. So that's why the message is so powerful, influential. It impacts people who believe. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says it affects those who believe, not those who don't. The gospel message is the power of God to convert a soul. It is the power of God. No other message, no other message will give this to you. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. But the power of God is available to them who, what? Believe. So you can hear the gospel tonight. And if you are not going to believe it, it's not going to affect your life. It will affect those who believe it. Simple as that. And to those who believe, Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, you will go from one degree of faith to another. Faith to faith. It's amazing. And it's, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that faith to faith is in verse 17. We are living in 2017. And I sense that in my spirit that it's this year you need to finish well. And in order to finish well, there are certain things in your faith you need to put right. 
If you put those things right when it comes to your faith, I have no doubt you're going to finish this year better than you started. Job chapter 8 verse 7 says, my latter will be better than the former. That means my end will be greater than my beginning. It's great. I decree and declare to those of you who can believe your December will be better than your January. In Jesus name. I see some of you finishing very well this year. I just see it. I see money coming from insurance that you never thought was there. I don't know how that happens in this country, but I just see it and I'm just saying what I can see. For those of you who believe it, you just need to receive it in Jesus' name. Yes, 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 yes. So, the authorities wanted to stop this great preacher, Paul the Apostle. He was a skeptic at one, one time in his life. He was instrumental in killing Christians. He was instrumental in trying to stop Christianity from spreading. But on the road to Damascus one day, um, on a day that he never expected, God gave him a surprise. You know, sometimes we forget that he is sovereign and he can surprise us whenever he wants. And he stopped this man called Paul um, in his tracks and he fell off his horse or his beast, the Bible says. And he had an encounter with Jesus. Ever since then, the very man who persecuted Christians and wanted Christianity to shut down like a broken down computer never to be able to be re rebooted again. What happened to this man? He wrote 80% of the New Testament. A skeptic, an agnostic, a man that did not believe ultimately became the man that spread Christianity more than any of the other disciples. Isn't that amazing? That God can use a skeptic to do something that they didn't want to do. I pray that will happen to your spouse that didn't come for this meeting today. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Or your child that's become arrogant and atheistic. Let it happen in the name of Jesus. Someone say, I receive. Yes, 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 yes. You need to receive that. So one day, King Agrippa, uh, a man in authority, uh, interrogates this man called Paul. He's questioning Paul. You know, what has happened to you? We want you to stop this preaching nonsense and all of that. You're coming on a Friday to Harrow. We want you to stop it. And uh, that interrogation takes place. They ask questions and the response that Paul gives is found in Acts chapter 26, verse 9 through 18. That's where we're going to start now. Let's go. Verse number 9 onwards. One, two, read. I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests and... When they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. It's all self-explanatory, okay? Get to verse 12. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, he's explaining it to King Agrippa, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the ground or fallen to the earth, somebody asked, Pastor, why do people fall in the church? Yeah, there you go. When we were fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. That's like saying it's, it's difficult for you to swim against the waves. 
And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Verse 16. But rise and stand upon thy feet. I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Verse 18 is your responsibility. Read. One, two, go. To open their eyes and to turn them from read and from the unto God that they may receive and inheritance among them which are sanctified and here's the last part by faith in me now in this one last verse there's something beautiful that all of us are going to learn in these next 30 minutes you're ready right you're hungry for God's word now as Paul the apostle is explaining the encounter that he had with Jesus he's explaining to this king um, who does not understand the sunesis of Paul. That means his mentality in the Greek. That word is sunesis. His, his ability to think. His trend of thought. This king cannot understand. Why Paul has become. In King Agrippa's standards. A fanatic and extremist. He's saying look king. If you had the encounter that I had with Jesus. You'll be the same. That's what he's trying to say. And when Jesus met me. I fell backwards so powerfully. I went blind for three days. That's what happened to him. He didn't eat, neither drink anything. He was fasting for three days. The guy went blind. The next time he opened his eyes, the Lord gave him a new set of eyes to see the kingdom, to see the world, to see Christianity with new eyes. This was a skeptic, don't forget it. So now he's explaining to the king, King Agrippa, look, through this encounter, I heard Jesus tell me that he has a responsibility for me, that he wants me to go to a certain group of people called the Gentiles. Gentiles were barbarians. Gentiles were not British. Gentiles were, hmm, neither were the Asians, all right? But Gentiles were guys that would pick a dog from the street and just eat. Uh, that, that was the class of Gentiles. Gentiles did not have manners. Gentiles did not have rules, laws. They didn't have spirituality. They were just a bunch of hooligans. They were a bunch of barbarians. They spoke a different language and they were far-fetched. People looking at them, especially the Jews, would have said, these guys have no chance on this earth to be walking like, uh, you know, we do as Jewish people. But God chose a man called Paul to reach out to a community that people said can never be reached out. I want to say something to all of us who are here. You'll be surprised at the people God loves. Communities that you would say no to, the heart of God is just pumping for them. And I want you to know that communities around this area, around England, wherever you live, people whom you just put your hand out and say, you know what, no chance in heaven. I want you to know that God's reaching out for such people. God would raise one man called Paul, Get him to write 80% of the New Testament simply for one group of people that the Jewish people said, you know what, Gentiles are not gentlemen. They don't have any chance. God went for the underdog. I want you to know that God is for the underdog. If you are a rejected stone, God will make you the chief cornerstone. Yes, 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 yes. He is for the underdog. You don't need to bark. Just say amen. amen. Glory be to God. And now in this explanation that Paul gives, 
He's saying, after Jesus met me, he told me something. This, this, these were his instructions. He wanted me to go to the Gentiles and bring the Gentiles to faith in me. Now, that's what Jesus has told him. He said, that's what you read in verse number 18. Read it again one more time and keep the verse on the screen until further notice. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, yes, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. There are six things in that one verse that the Holy Spirit will do for anybody that comes to faith in Jesus. Now, if you look at that verse, at the bottom you will see opening of the eyes and all of that it will happen only after an individual comes to faith in Christ. Can you see the last part of that verse? Read it again, read it again, read it again. I will get you to read it 12 times until you get it. To open their eyes. To turn them from the power of... Okay. From the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins... And an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. That means when somebody comes to faith in Jesus, these six things ought to happen in their life. That's why I've titled this teaching, Six Things That You Can Possess When You Come to Faith in Christ Jesus. You're interested in this? Six things. Go back to the title. Six things... Your faith in Christ Jesus will do for you. Let's look at this in detail now. Without faith, what you will have as a Christian is an imagination. Okay, a lot of Christians today, they don't understand what faith is, no matter how many messages they have heard. What they have is an imagination now imagination is not faith and faith is not an imagination they are both worlds apart now once you come to Christ Jesus in Christ Jesus your faith and everything to do with your faith is rooted and grounded let me remind you of a scripture we read yesterday. In Luke chapter 6 verse 48, do you remember what he said? A house that is built, the man dig deep or dug deep and he built his foundation on a solid rock. He became unshakable. How did he become unshakable? Jesus said, I'm going to compare such a man to a man who heard my words and did what I told him to do. Now, that's what faith really is. Faith is concrete when you obey and hear what Jesus has said. That's where faith comes from. Faith does not, is not based on any other person's words. Faith is based on the words of Christ. Anything else, may I suggest to you that anything else is an imagination. Is absolutely an imagination. So you are in trouble... If your faith is based on books that sound good, stories that sound great, but it has nothing to do with Jesus. 
your life is a mere imagination. So for those of you who are imagining things, you need to understand it's time that you moved to the realm of faith, not imagination. You can imagine all you want. Um, this is going to happen and it will never happen. Why? Because faith and imagination are not the same. Are you hearing this? Faith is based on a word that God has spoken to you. Faith is based on words. That is a better statement. Say this together. Faith is based on the words that I hear. Say it again. Faith is based on words that I hear. One more time. Faith is based on words that I hear. Because beloved, the words that you hear today are the thoughts that you will entertain tomorrow. Are you here by the way? The words that you hear today will be the thoughts that you entertain tomorrow. And your faith is affected by all of this. I've told this back at home. Every one of us will have a last day on this earth. Everybody. Everybody. Some of you will have it when you're 30, 80, 83. Some of you will have it when you're 94. Others will have it when you're 102. Some of you will have it when, when you're 91. Whatever that or whenever that last day on this earth is, what will matter the most on that day is not what kind of a colored coffin you were buried in or whether you had a family grave or who the priest was who gave the eulogy, what was written as an epitaph on your tombstone and where you were buried, whether you were here or there or somewhere else. doesn't matter really. You know what matters? What matters is on your last day, what will matter is whose words you heard and whose words you believed. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Whose words you heard and whose words you believed. So Jesus said, if you want to build your life like a wise man, build it on the words that I have spoken. You hear it and you built his foundation and he built his life to such an extent. The floods came, the rains came, the winds came and it beat against this house. But the guy was still standing. That's what faith looks like. Faith is not based on anything else other than the words of Christ. Are we together now? Anything else that you are basing your faith on is a mere imagination. Now, Christians today are using the little faith they have. Everybody here, may I say to you this, everyone here, you walked into this hall because you had some kind of faith to be here. So you've got what Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, the measure of faith. We have different levels of faith, but let me assure you that all of us here have some kind of faith to begin this journey. What are you using that faith for? And what do Christians use that faith for often? They use it to get their prayers answered. They use it for miracles. They use it for healing. They use it for financial breakthrough. They use it for, for all the above and more. But when you look at some of the things that they use their faith for, it borders on selfishness. Hard statement, but it's true anyhow. What are you using your faith for? A majority of believers today use their faith to get their prayer answered, to command a mountain to move, to sow a seed so that they can be financially blessed. And all of that is self. 
consciousness. You're focusing on yourself. I want this prayer answered. So Lord, I want to build my faith. I want to build my house, so I'm going to build my faith. I, I, need, I need a financial breakthrough, so here I'm going to give my tithe and I'm going to wrap my faith around it so that I can be blessed. It's all about I, I, I and I and I. It's all about you. But faith is not supposed to be like that. I said faith is not supposed to just provide healing for you and uh, all the other fringe benefits that come along with it. There's more to faith than just getting healed. There's more to faith than just getting financially blessed. There's more to faith than all of that. I want to share with you six things that you will, your faith in Christ Jesus will do for you. You're ready for the journey? He tells Paul, the first thing you're going to do when you go to the Gentiles, the first thing you're going to do, what is it? Open their eyes. Verse 18. Look at it again. Stay on this verse. Can you see? Let's read it from verse 17. I'm delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. I'm sending you to the Gentiles. And the first thing, by the way, most of us were Gentiles. Any, any Jews here? Any Jewish people here? Any Jews? Okay. Any, any Greeks? No Greeks. Okay. By the way, all of us here were once Gentiles. Including this guy in this suit. Turn to somebody and say, hello Gentile. Now, now that will offend somebody. You know why? Because after you gave your life to Jesus, he took you from the fact that you were a Gentile and now you became a Christian. Those Gentile genes have been uprooted from your life. Now you don't eat dogs. You walk them. And they eat you. That's what happens. So the first thing he tells Paul he's got to do when he goes to Gentiles. Number one. Open their eyes. Open their eyes. Now what do you think open their eyes really mean? When somebody comes to faith in Jesus, this is the first thing that ought to happen. When the Bible says, Paul, you got to go and open their eyes. Whenever the scripture mentions the opening of the eyes, it relates to a person's understanding. It relates to a person's understanding. Open their eyes means open their understanding. The beautiful thing about faith is when you come to faith in Jesus, one of the first things that will happen in your life, not that you'll get a new car and a new wife or a new house or a new migration plan. What you get is a new understanding. And I can see your excitement because you'd rather have the car than the understanding. You know why people think like that? They are carnal. They are carnal. And church today is full of carnal believers. Carnality is, is rampant. It's moving. 
So ask yourself this question today. Have, how many of you have come to faith in Christ? Okay. So has this thing happened in your life? Has your understanding been renewed? What kind of an understanding do you have today? Because that's the first thing that ought to happen. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, By faith we understand. There's an understanding that comes when you come into faith in Christ Jesus. I came to faith in Christ Jesus 22 years ago. And 22 years ago, I said to you now, man, my understanding of who Jesus is, my understanding of what the church is, my understanding of Christianity, everything changed, but it didn't change until I came to faith in Christ Jesus. May your understanding be open. May your understanding be open. You see, an understanding is an ability to comprehend. Someone say comprehend. Until you come to faith in Christ, there are certain things you will not be able to comprehend. You will not be able to comprehend it. You will misunderstand preachers. You will misunderstand scriptures. You will misunderstand the church. You will misunderstand your pastor. You will have a lot of misunderstandings in your life. But when you come to faith in Christ, the first thing he'll do through the Holy Spirit. Today, Paul the Apostle is not on earth, but the Holy Spirit is. And the power of the Holy Spirit will bring an understanding into your life. Suddenly you realize who Jesus really is. Suddenly you realize that the Bible is the word of God. Suddenly you realize marriage is between a man and a woman. Glory be to Jesus. Suddenly you realize that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that is built on the revelation that Jesus is the son of God. You tend to understand these things. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you understand that the tithe is something that will bring a blessing into your life. When you didn't come to faith in Jesus, you thought preachers were after your money. What did you lack? You lacked understanding. When you were not in faith in Christ Jesus, you thought sickness was a blessing. Which book are you reading? Can you see that now? But when you come to faith in Christ and you hear the right gospel, you realize certain things, you comprehend certain things that you couldn't understand before. You thought God was the sun, the moon and the stars. But when you came to faith in Christ, you realize God is a spirit. It's an understanding. I pray today that you will begin to look at these six boxes and begin to tick on what level you are on. The first level when you come to faith in Christ is that your understanding will be renewed. If you have not passed this one, then you have to start here. The second thing, the second thing that will happen, he tells Paul, I want you to go open their eyes and what else? What else? I would appreciate if you participate. Look at the screen and tell me. Open their eyes and do what? Turn them from darkness to light. Watch this. Son, come. Come. I like red. Watch this. Now, when the scripture says, Paul, I want you to go to the Gentiles and I want you to turn them from darkness to light, what do you think he meant? Do you, do you think he, he, he was referring to 
a shortage in electricity. That, 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 do you think he meant that the Gentiles couldn't pay their light bills? They were in darkness. That's not what it meant. What do you think it meant when he said, I want you to turn them. Do you think Paul had to go physically and do this? No, that's not it. But then what does it mean when the scripture says, Paul, I want you to go to the Gentiles. I want you to turn them from darkness to light. What is he trying to say? Watch this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 explains this to us. It is Paul who wrote Ephesians 1.18. Let's take it from verse 17 onwards. Can you read it? You will understand what it is now. That he's praying a prayer and he prays like this. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Look at verse 18 altogether. Being... The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now, how, what does that have to do with turning people from darkness to light? Let me explain. When you see light mentioned, anytime light is mentioned, anytime darkness is mentioned, it is referring to people who are not literally in darkness without electricity or under a particular atmosphere. It is talking about people who were in darkness because they couldn't see. Because anybody that cannot see is blind. When you are blind, everything is darkness. Close your eyes. Don't sleep, but close your eyes. Can you see? You can't see. What can you see? Darkness. Now open your eyes. That's what he was telling Paul. I want you to bring the Gentiles who have not been able to see properly. They couldn't see properly. But now, Paul, I want you to go and bring them to faith in me. And the first thing that's going to happen when they come to faith in me is what? Their understanding is going to be enlightened. Can you see that? Their understanding is going to be enlightened. So the second one is an enlightening or an illumination. That's why he mentions in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. May the eyes of your understanding. Understanding is opening your eyes. Can you see that now? Eyes and understanding, they're connected. So that's where it, it is connected. The eyes of your understanding being what? Enlightened. Now that is why in Acts 26, 18 he says, Turn them from darkness to light. Enlighten them. After their understanding is renewed suddenly automatically they will be so enlightened illumination will come in they will begin to see what they couldn't see before i want to ask you a question that is the second thing your faith will do for you when you come to faith in christ jesus you receive this enlightening you begin to see spiritual things and natural things like you have never seen before yes it is like a a beautiful pair of binoculars or sunglasses. But you can see. Man, you can see. In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, until you are born again. What does born again mean? Born again is not a cult or a religion. Born again is coming to faith in Jesus Christ. If any of you have come to faith in Jesus Christ... You have already begun your born again encounter. 
Someone talk to me. Are you hearing this? That's it. That's simply what it is. So Jesus tells a very religious man called Nicodemus in chapter 3 of, this, of the gospel of St. John, verse number 3. Can we read it together? Jesus answered, said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot what? He cannot see. He cannot what? See. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what the Lord wants Paul to do. Paul, I want you to go to these Gentiles who didn't know me or don't know me. The first thing I want you to do is bring them to faith in me. And when they come in faith to me, the first thing that will happen is their understanding. When they begin to understand things, they will have illumination, which is the second thing. Illumination, Paul, will give the Gentiles an amazing ability to see what they couldn't see before. It's amazing how I began to see things from a different paradigm after coming to faith in Christ. It's amazing. You see, until you come to faith in Christ, your illumination is blurred. You have blurred vision. You have short-sighted vision. You do not have 20-20 vision. Suddenly, there's an issue. You will look at things from a perspective that is not God. For example, for example, the Gentiles would have thought that getting married five times is okay. Gentiles would have thought that. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's a headache. But the Gentiles didn't know that. So now how is Paul going to show them the reality of what the scripture says? The only way to do it is bring them to faith in Jesus. When that happens automatically, their understanding comes and their illumination comes. It is something that the Holy Spirit does. Until these two things happen, the believer will be asking very silly questions from the pastor. Pastor, can I eat pork? You know by the question, by the question, I know half of you want to know the answer to that. Come tomorrow, I will tell you. By the question, Pastor David, you realize their level of understanding and what? Illumination. But that's the whole purpose of coming to faith in Christ Jesus. Lift your hand. Say, Lord, I need understanding. I need illumination. An ability to see what I couldn't see. An ability to comprehend what I couldn't comprehend. I need this in the name of Jesus. What else does the Lord tell Paul to go and do? Open their eyes. Turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to the power of God. Now what do you think that meant? When you come to faith in Christ, you have understanding. With understanding comes illumination. What do you think comes with illumination? You come to a place with illumination. You, okay, 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 okay. Imagine the lights went off. Okay, 
The lights went on. Is there illumination? No. Without illumination, can there be an understanding? Rarely. So there is no understanding, there is no illumination. So imagine I wanted to find out where the organ was. Where the organ was. I'll be, I'll be crawling in the dark. Imagine if Pastor Pio was going to play the keyboard in the dark. He will not be able to do it. But the moment illumination comes, understanding comes. And with illumination and understanding also comes one more thing. It's called truth. It's called what? Truth. Because you realize truth is like this. Watch this. Someone would have told you, okay, son, get up again. I'm coming to many others in a moment. I will catch the ones that are asleep. Now watch this. Son, what is your name? Pehan. Beautiful name. I will not pronounce it again. You ask me now, you ask me, Pastor Jerome, what does an organ look like? What does an organ look like? Say Pastor Jerome. Pastor Jerome, what does, what an, does an organ look like? What does an organ look like? Please tell me. Now he's asking me a question. Pastor Jerome, what does an organ look like? Please tell me. It is the same way someone comes and says, I want to know what Jesus is like. I want to know who Jesus is like. I want to accept him. I want to receive him. Can you tell me what he is like? I want to know. Now, to answer this son's question on the organ, if there was no light in this place, you know what I'll be able to tell him? I'll be able to so confuse him he will not even know I'm confusing him because he hasn't seen an organ before. So I will tell him, son, an organ looks like the trunk of an elephant. All right? Then I will tell him, son, the organ not only looks like the trunk of an elephant, it is pink in color. Now, because there is no light in the room, because there is no illumination, what is existing? Alive. Can you see that now? A Christian who comes to Christ. There are Christians today who are believing many lies. How did the original man and woman fall from a state of righteousness? Because they believed in a lie. Today Christians believe that cancer is okay. Today Christians believe poverty is okay. Some Christians believe this is okay, that is okay. And they have swallowed a lie. Why do people swallow lies, beloved, today? That's where the power of Satan is. The power of Satan is inbuilt in the Christian swallowing a lie. But the moment understanding comes, moment illumination comes, the child of God begins to see what an organ looks like. Suddenly he is aware of what truth really looks like. And what did Jesus say? you will know the truth and the truth will set you free simple as that now does it make sense to anybody here at Trinity Church what it meant to be converted from the power of Satan to the power of God it didn't mean Paul was going to hire uh, a stadium in some country and have a deliverance service now some people forgive me but some come to me often during meetings like this Pastor Jerome, deliver me. Pastor Jerome, witchcraft has been done. They won't tell me who. 
By who? Pastor Jerome, somebody has done something. My bed is something is happening to my bed. There's a demon behind my refrigerator. There's a crocodile under my bed. I see bad dreams. Please deliver me. Deliver me. Ladies and gentlemen, when you come to faith in Christ, there is something called self-deliverance. You don't understand what I'm talking. I think I'm preaching the wrong message to the wrong group. There is something called self-deliverance. You don't, I'm telling you, my God, thank you, Holy Spirit. Nobody delivered me. When I came to faith in Christ, nobody laid hands and said, you demon, come out. No, nobody, nobody needed to deliver me. Why? Because when I came to faith in Jesus, he gave me understanding. He gave me illumination. When he gave me illumination, I saw the lie from the truth. I saw the fake from the real. I saw us, I, I saw it, I saw it. When I saw it, the truth set me free. Now this is what faith really does. And what are Christians doing today? Using faith. Get me a car loan. Get me a car loan. If it's not a car, give me a car loan. I'll pay you back. It's bordering on selfishness. So lift one hand tonight. Say, Lord, give me understanding. Lord, give me illumination. So that I can know the truth from what is not true. Glory be to God. John chapter 8 verse 32. Let's make it official. Read the scripture now. The words of Jesus. All together. One, two, go. And ye shall... Know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Until the light came on, I would tell Pehan, son, an organ looks like an elephant's trunk. It's pink in color. And by the way, you can't play it. And if he swallowed what I said, he will believe it until the grave. Do you know how many people today are buried at funerals who have died too soon, gone too soon, simply because they believed a lie? I have been sent by God to tell you this message. You may not like it today, but you'll thank God for me tomorrow. You need understanding more than a house. You need illumination more than a spouse. You need to understand truth from what is false. I don't know about you, but have you been to countries? In, in my country, we have this. Our, our, our leaders are used to this joke. By the way, if you don't like my jokes, let me deliver you at the end of the service. If you don't like my jokes, no worries. My wife likes my jokes. In our country... And in certain parts of Asia, you have so many fakes. Uh, one of my senior elders, Seelan, can you stand? Seelan taught me something. Today, he's full-time staff with King's Revival. He's in charge of the legal aspect of the church. He, let me tell you something. And he said it in a very humble manner. He didn't say it like, I'll tell you something. No, no, no. <laughs> he said, Pastor, can I share with you something? I said, Yes. I said, you know what, in banks we are trained to 
to identify a fake note and how we train our executives is not by giving them the fake or how how does it happen you give them the fake you give them the fake you don't give them the real one you give them the fake and they keep looking at 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 the fake and they keep looking and 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 suddenly when they're behind the counter the real stuff begins to come begins to come and suddenly their eye is so trained to pick up a lie kazo prakto set ke vahai their eye is so trained to see wrong from right that they are immediately informed they take the note into their hand and they tell that man or that woman sir wait i come back to you and they go to somebody like silen and silen comes after dialing 999 <laughs> next thing you know the handcuffs are on ladies and gentlemen that's how the enemy played a mess with the believer Many of you are handcuffed. You can sing that beautiful song with Pastor Ronnie. What? Uh, what's the song? In Jesus name shackles are broken. But if you still believe a lie, that shackle is going to be with you until you go into the grave. Are we together? Are you hearing this? You must know that the fake is very close to the truth. You didn't hear what I said. so close so close thank you sila so close so close so close so so close that it's like have you heard of the brand adidas adidas has how many stripes three very good three that's my brother's favorite brand adidas now in our country there are guys who wear shoes with three stripes and their denims are so long nowadays they don't wear the denim their waist you know so parents if your daughter brings a man home check where he's wearing his pants if he doesn't know where to wear his pants don't give your daughter to that man but how in the world is he going to be entrusted with your daughter if he doesn't even know where his pants are is right there and they cover the shoes that they are wearing but everyone can see the three stripes now when you see the three stripes you think it's adidas but in our country there's a new brand adibadas <laughs> how many of you have heard of that brand before can you lift your hand please you see all of you need to repent this is what i'm talking about you have never heard of it and i'm not joking this is real stories Adidas I don't know whether they got it from Thailand China Japan or Mount Lavinia I don't know where but they got it I want you to know the fake is very close to the real thing That's why the enemy has a tendency to bring the fake very close and you'll hear fake preachers you will hear a fake gospel it will bring it is so close to the real thing So close That is why when you come to faith in Christ you must appreciate first Lord thank you giving me understanding thank you for bringing illumination because with illumination came truth now i know the truth glory be to god someone just clap hands for the
for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Then he tells Paul, open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. What else? What else? That they may receive the forgiveness of sins. What is that? What happens to a person that receives forgiveness? They become, they walk in what is called complete freedom. How many of you realize that if the Lord did not release forgiveness into your life and my life, we are nothing but slaves. But by the forgiveness of sins, what it is implying is, Freedom. When you come to faith in Christ Jesus, not only do you have understanding, illumination, truth, but with truth, truth will make you what? Free. And the truth is, you don't have to pay for your sins anymore. That's the truth. Now, if you believed a lie, your grand, great-grandmother would have told you, son, let me, let me tell you something. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Son, in our generation... We have had curses, many curses, many curses. Your mother was like this. Your mother's mother was like this. And that was her. And your father was like this. And this is what our family went through. And we're son, everyone dies at 59. And you also better get ready. But beloved, when you have given your life to Christ and come to faith in him, you have an understanding to tell great grandma, great grandma, you need to be born again because I understand what you don't understand. I have an understanding, I have an illumination and with that I know the truth and the truth has brought me freedom and the freedom that I have, grandma, I don't need to confess to a man. I don't need to light 110 candles to get my sins forgiven. I don't need to offer God bananas. I don't need to give God a money offering. I don't need to crawl under chairs. I don't need to turn in circles and fast and pray. Why? because he has made me free I don't need to pay for my sins I mean imagine if you and I were going to pay for our sins how much of trouble you and I will be going through you know what you call somebody who believes you have to pay for your sins what do you call that person what does he believe he believes in karma Christianity and karma are opposed to each other kazotelehai there is no karma to the Christian. Listen, if this is the only thing you hear PJ saying for the entire time we are going to spend together, there is no karma for the Christian. You know what is karma? Karma is... Singala dhannayata karma kienega terenane karume apale ba meka karanang ta maasa dunake umpa deka evenno meka velati ne ara karume inda those of you who are wondering what I'm saying, even I don't know what I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. I know what I'm saying. But that's a little single is for our precious ones here. So you're free. Recently, a lady in our church, I was sad because she has been under my pastoral care with 5,000 plus people at our church. And sometimes we get a few of them. She, she, she sends me a mail and she's asking me, Pastor, tomorrow I want to make a sin offering. Can I do that in church? I thought, dear God, give me some water. Man, I'm perspiring thinking of it. Are you here? Sin offering? 
Hey! Sick! Don't you know what the Bible says? Once and for all, Jesus has made one offering for all of humanity for their sins. Once and for all. Once and for all. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. <laughs> oh, I need to let you go. Mm. Once and for all. You want to see it? How many of you want to see it? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10. Look at it. Say once and for all. Once and for all. Once and for all. Mm -hmm. Look at it. Let's read. One to go. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Once and for all. All for one and one for all. That's done. Absolutely done. Now when you come to this understanding, you walk into complete freedom. Now that's what your faith does for you. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, an understanding, an illumination, truth and what? Freedom. Freedom. You don't, what if I told you today that you don't have to suffer for the mistakes you made 10 years ago? But Pastor Jerome, I'm suffering for that. You're suffering because you believed a lie. Tonight, the truth will set you free. You believe what I'm telling you. Believe the word of God. It's done. You know what the problem is? If you're going to the wrong church, your pastor also will remind you of your sin. If you're going to the wrong place, if you're married to the wrong person, they will also remind you. 25th wedding anniversary. They're cutting the cake, imagining your face on it. Some of you get my jokes too late. You need understanding. You need illumination. You need truth. And you need freedom. You cut the piece of cake. Have you seen how happy couples are after 25 years? They want to feed, feed. Hey baby, eat this. And why are you feeding it? You're saying 10 years ago. Ten years ago, and that husband is wondering, how in the world can I get my wife to forget the mistake I made ten years ago? Lord, the only hope is dementia. But God's got a better plan. He knew we were going to have trouble in that area. In the body of Jesus Christ that was nailed to the cross, when he shed his blood, that blood took care of your past sins, your present sins. 
and even your future sin. It's all done. Sin is not an issue for God. Sin is an issue for you. Because you don't believe that Jesus has paid a price for it. And for those of you who don't believe that Jesus paid a price for future sins, the day Jesus died, you were actually in the future, not in the past. So when he died, he actually died for you and me. We were in the future. So he died for our future sins. If you don't believe it, you understand a different gospel. This is the true gospel. Come on, somebody. You are free. I said you are free. You are free not to sin again. Glory to God. Sin is no longer. Do you know that when you come to faith in Christ, that's another thing he will do for you. I'll talk about it. I need to close. I need to close. I need to close. I need to close. Back to Acts chapter 26, verse 18. Open their eyes. Turn them from darkness to light. Mm -hmm. From the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. Here comes the fifth thing you receive when you come to faith in Christ. What is that? An inheritance. My God, this is big. Are you ready for this? An inheritance. When you come to faith in Jesus, you first received understanding. Then you received, talk to me, illumination. With illumination, you received truth. With truth, you received freedom. With freedom, you received an inheritance. Do you know the Greek word for inheritance here? Is prosperity. Some of you want to be poor. But I want you to know that prosperity, here, the word is patrimony. Have you heard of patrimony before? I know you know Uncle Pat, but this is patrimony. Patrimony is when God allocates your portion. Before you came to Jesus, the day Jesus died, believe this, listen to this, listen to this. Was I there when Jesus died? No. Good. But the day Jesus died, God knew Pastor Jerome. God knew Pastor Jerome. So because God is all-knowing, he looked at Jerome and he said, all right, this guy is going to be born to a broken home. He's going to be born in a basement without electricity. He's going to be born and people are going to think he's ugly. People, he's going to be born to a, a shattered house. He's going to be born into poverty. He's going to go through tough times. A dog is going to bite him when he's six months old. And he's, he's, he's going to have a fake dimple after that. Uh, he's going to go through this. He's going to be born into a family called the Fernandos. Uh, not, not, not from Italy and Portugal and wherever, wherever we come come from um, but he, he's going to be born in a little country no one's going to know him uh, but as he grows up he's going to have some tough times uh, he's going to have mums and he's going to have chicken pox and uh, he's going to have a lot of issues but one day when my boy comes to faith in Jesus I have something allocated for him I have something prepared for him I'm going to give it to him that is called patrimony are you hearing what I'm talking about? Someone shout patrimony. Patrimony is given the day you come to faith in Jesus. Now, come on. There are loved ones in our families who did this kind of thing to us. They said, darling, until you are 18, mama has kept something ready for you. But when you are 18, if you get married to the boy that I have prayed for, 
I will bring out the allocation and I will give it to you. They are carnal parents. But the day Father God had said, when this boy or this girl, this my child comes to faith in Christ, what the parents couldn't give, what the generation couldn't do, I have something prepared for my child. I have something allocated for my daughter. When they come to faith, I'm going to present it to them. This is called, this is called, it's called, or in other words, my inheritance. Glory be to God. It is spiritual and it is material also. Amazing. There are certain things that happened to me only after I came to Jesus. Before that, they were not given to me. In Luke chapter 15, the Bible says, I think it's verse number 12. Do you remember what the prodigal son told his father? Give me the portion that belongs to me. What is he saying? He's talking about patrimony. He's talking about allocation. He's talking about inheritance. Come on, read it. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. What is the portion of goods that fall to me? Patrimony. It belongs to me. Belongs to me. Why? Because I'm your son. The day you become a child of the Most High God, you become a son of the Father. My goodness, inheritance is given to you. Suddenly, you know, man, where, where did I get this from? The job that you've been waiting for is right there. The wife that you've been waiting for, if you are not married by then, is right there. Glory be to God. I got mine. Get yours. Glory to Jesus. My wife is my inheritance. You may not believe that because you haven't seen her. If you see her, you'll know. She is my inheritance, brother. Glory to God. My two kids, Michaela and Hevenia, my goodness, they are my inheritance. They're my inheritance. When I see the church growing the way it's growing and what God has done, that's the inheritance. I know it's not a big deal for many of you, but let me, can I boast in Jesus for a moment? Will you give me permission to boast in Jesus for a moment? We are the fastest growing English church in our country. There are things that God has done in our ministry with us that he has never done with anybody else in that nation. Never. And the country has not seen anything yet. Because 2020, the things that God's going to do through us, the world is going to see. All of this is not the work of a man. It's the work of inheritance. The day you come to faith in Jesus, I will release what I have prepared for you. Clap hands for the Lord. Clap hands for the Lord. Clap hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. Now I have a question for you as I conclude. I have a question for you. Now can you see why you don't need to ask him for anything? Why are you using your faith to ask him? Give me butter. Give me jam. Give me pancake. Give me, give me, what are you doing? You are a little child. That is why you are asking. But when you come to this understanding, can you see? You need understanding. You need illumination. Come on, somebody. When you have understanding, you have illumination. When you have illumination, you have truth. When you know the truth, you have freedom. When you have freedom, you have an inheritance. Glory to God. I have an inheritance. I can tell for sure that almost 70% of this congregation has not yet experienced the inheritance of God. Your healing is your inheritance. Your healing is your inheritance. Do you know that? If you didn't know that, it's yours. Do you know wealth is your inheritance? If you don't, 
and your parents have told you, ah, fine, your grandfather was poor, son. Fine, no mama was poor. You had to go, you're poor, 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 poor. So poor you can't pay attention. But I want you to understand that prosperity is the will of God. It's the will of God. He doesn't want you to beg, borrow, or steal. He just wants you to have what's, what belongs to you. Do you know when you experience that inheritance, you don't have to be jealous with what others have. Why? Because you have exactly what he prepared for you. Your wife, your kids, your house. And can I tell you something? The dirty, defeated devil will never be able to touch inheritance. You may not like this. Let me tell you something. He cannot touch inheritance. Yes. Yes. He cannot touch your inheritance. Put your hand on your heart and say it. He cannot touch my inheritance. But you know what he can touch? Do you know what he can touch? Whatever you got on your own strength. Whatever you went out there with human effort and you got, there's no guarantee on it. That is why the house crumbled. That is why the marriage failed. That's why the child died. That's why that sickness took place. That's why that happened. That's why this happened. It was all your self-effort. But tonight, if you humble yourself and bring your life under the mighty hand of God, never again will such a situation take place in your life. Hear the word of God. Repent and believe. When you come to faith in Christ, number one, tell me, you have understanding. Come on, it's so simple. If you forget this, I have perspired to bring this to you. And some of you still don't get the order. When you come to faith in Christ, you first receive. That understanding leads to, that illumination shows you. Truth leads to, freedom leads to, glory to God. Glory to God. And here's the last one. Acts chapter 26 verse 18. Altogether, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto, unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and an inheritance among them, which are what? Sanctification is the sixth thing you receive. When you come to faith in Christ. Do you know what sanctification is? Sanctification is holiness. But it's more than that. Give me a minute and I'll tell you. Sanctification is. Okay. How many of you have your specific plate that you eat your lunch? With a crack in the middle? That's my plate. My plate is a small plate. Smaller the better. You want to lose weight? Smaller the better. Smaller the better. I'm smaller than the suit that I'm wearing, by the way. Smaller the better. And it, I, I have a plastic plate imported from China. And it has a crack and a dirty mark there. No matter what you use to wash it. You know what? That plate in my house, nobody uses. Only me. You know why? It is sanctified. Sanctified means nobody else can touch it. What devil are you scared about? What you need is not a deliverance service. What you need is sanctification. You are sanctified the day you give your life to Jesus. Mm. 
tonight is a night that I have to lay hands on every one of you. Holy Spirit just told me, I have to lay hands on everyone. Those who will be healed will be healed. Those who will be filled with the Spirit will be filled with the Spirit. He doesn't want me to do any specific altar calls. This message is for everybody. Some of you are, you have a vibrating thing happening right now even in your body while I'm talking to you. That anointing is surging. Some of you are experiencing it. And with the limited time we have, I'm going to pray for everybody. You're ready for what God's going to do. We're going to go take testimonies at the same time. Hear what the Lord is doing and what he has done yesterday. Many are going to be healed today. Many are going to be filled with the Spirit. And many are going to give their lives to Jesus. Say sanctification. Sanctification is holiness. Holiness is, you can't touch this. MC Hammer sang a song. You can't touch this. You know what he was singing? He was singing as sanctification. You can't touch this. And I want you to know that's how you must live. You must live holy. If you don't live holy, you'll be full of holes. And the enemy will begin to poke his finger into your life. Don't let that happen. Did you receive this word into your life? Did you receive it wholeheartedly? When I come to faith in Christ, I receive. That understanding leads to. That illumination leads to. That truth makes me freedom. And that freedom brings me an inheritance. That inheritance makes me sanctified. You can't touch this. I have six things that I have after I come to faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. I thank God for you. I thank God for you and your families and for receiving this word with gladness. Hallelujah. Shall we thank the Holy Spirit for, for bringing this into our lives today?